Bring the ship up to broadcast depth. We're going in. Technology has forever changed the world we live in. All of you know this every single day. We're online in one way or another all day long. Many of us are online during the night when we should be sleeping. Our phones and our computers have become reflections of our personalities. They reflect our interests and our identities. They hold much of what is important to us in life. And with that comes a desire to protect privacy and our data. We want to be able to share our lives with the people we choose to share our lives with. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first episode of the Rabbit Hole Podcast. I am Odd, and with me as my co-host is my lovely wife, Ali. Hello. So we're going to be covering a lot of different stuff over the course of this podcast. Uh, it is a conspiracy theory podcast for those that love conspiracy theories, like to talk about them, or just like to try to debunk them. Ultimately, we have no interest in debunking anything. It's more presenting the information, talking about it, and letting you form your own opinion. Uh, those of you that remember me, uh, I used to do a podcast called uh, The Friday Night Freak Show and Mad World Radio. Um, I got 11 years in podcasting and I took a break for a while, uh, needed to get new equipment, and here we are. We're back again and trying something new. I needed a change. So our first topic for the podcast is about technology and how there are some very scary things out there that make me feel like Will Smith's character from the movie AI. I just don't trust the computers and the technology anymore, which is ironic because I'm doing a podcast that requires computers and technology. Trust me. The irony of the fact that I am doing that is not lost on me. So, uh, a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about was originally brought up in a YouTuber that we watch named Shane Dawson. He has a conspiracy theory series that he used to do long ago. He put it to bed for a little bit and then brought it back. Um, and some of the stuff that he talked about when he brought it back kind of put on my radar how dangerous technology really could be and is in some ways. Um, the, the first and foremost thing... Uh, is the fact that technology has progressed to the point where there are apps and programs that you can use where you can become anybody. You don't have to, to worry about having fancy technology or fancy equipment to fake something uh, or somebody's voice. Uh, there's programs and stuff out there that will allow you to do it. And that's scary as hell. Um, the first and foremost one that we wanted to, to bring up is a program called Liarbird. Liarbird is a program that you can sit down, talk to, it will... 
copy uh, mock your voice yeah. it's not a total 100% like perfect copy thing. of your voice but it's close enough that when Shane was doing some of them I was watching your face and you were like that doesn't really match up like I don't know if that really works and then he did a couple more and as it was learning his voice which was creepy as all get out yeah. and it was learning that I remember watching your face go oh god this isn't good. No, and it it's similar to text to speech type uh, software where you have to talk to it for it so many hours and whatnot. So it learns your speech patterns and how you say words and things like that. And then what happens is is it analyzes all that. And once the analyzation is done, you can type in anything and it will say it very close to how you sound. Some things are almost spot on. Some things are a little iffy yet. Um, it's not necessarily a full, oh my God, they're copying me, anyone can become anything type technology yet. But they are working on it. What I find interesting is if you go to the Liarbird website, they have a thing called ethics instead of an about section. Uh, yeah, That's a little creepy though. I'm going to read their ethics section to you. As it says, as pioneers of this technology, we believe that we have a responsibility of guiding its path to developers and the general public. We have worked hard to create principles that accurately reflect the values we espouse as technologists. We have sought the insights of machine learning researchers, our investors, ethics professors, and many others. Our technology is still in its very early stages, but it will improve fast and become widespread in a few years. That right there scares the living shit out of me. Because not only are they saying that our technology alone can do this and it will evolve, but here's the point of where it branches. Like, other companies can see this, make their own, and then branch off from that. By the end of it, you could call someone literally on the phone and literally not know if, like, if, if it's your mom, if it's, you know, your cousin, your sibling. You literally couldn't know. Right. It's you terrifying. Know. And it, there is an upside, like Shane had a bit of uh, a sense of humor about it, and he was like, ooh, avoiding family phone calls. He also talked about not having to record his audiobooks. Right. You like. know. <laughs> so it, it, it comes down to a matter of, you know. Ethics. Yeah, ethics. How you use this software. And there, companies like this like to put the ethical responsibility on the user, but the problem with that is people are shady as fuck they are and they really are because i mean here's the thing not only with the voice software like if if each company think about it had an ethics section instead of about section like no that's not i mean that's okay but that's not okay well like it, it's it's a monster Again, Ugh. ethics comes down to everyone's own personal moral beliefs. Right. Like, that's not... I mean, it should have, like, a strict... I don't want to say, like, make rules about using this, but it's going to come down to having to. Well, um, think about it. Adobe had that uh, program called Adobe Voco. Oh, and yeah. It that was, was uh, audio editing and uh, generating... It was a prototype. And it worked so well that they did not release it to the public. Yeah, that's kind of scary. It was dubbed as Photoshop for your voice. 
It was first previewed at Adobe Max, uh, the uh, an Adobe Max event in November 2016. The technology shown at Adobe Max was a preview that could potentially be incorporated to Adobe Creative Cloud. As of February 2019, Adobe has yet to release any further information about the potential release. I think they finally realized like how bad this could be used. Cause like I mean, think about it this way: your favorite artist. If you play enough of their music, it could learn and then create. Like, you wouldn't know, like, if you're... It's creepy. Well, on the Wikipedia page about Adobe Voco, there is a concerns section. Of course there is. And it states, ethical and security concerns have been raised over the ability to alter an audio recording to include words and phrases the original speaker never spoke. Right. And the potential risk... To voice print biometrics. That's like being able to make the president say, you know, I've launched nukes and then send that file over to, like, North Korea or something. Like, you can't... That's a complete sense of danger. Well, it also goes on to say there are also concerns that it may be used in conjunction with human, human image synthesis, which has reached such levels uh, of likeness that... In the Are early two thousands, yeah, that okay. it distinct it's indistinguishable between actual humans and what you can simulate through camera. It also video manipulation of a person's facial expressions in near in near real time using an existing two D RGB video of them. That's terrifying. Well, and there's games out there now that are using it. Um, Star Citizen. I have a, a buddy of mine that is a streamer that plays Star Citizen, and he uses a lot of the new technology that is there for video capture to make his character in-game do the same facial expressions and, and talk just like him. One of the things that I, he did that I thought was kind of cool, um, it was the first thing that he put out, is he edited the star citizen video to match up with ziggy stardust's uh uh what's the name of the song i can't think it's the ground control to major tom i i don't remember the actual name of the song at this moment for some reason and i'm sure someone in the comments will correct me or I'll remember it after I post this and feel like a complete and total idiot. No, what's going to happen is 10 minutes from now when you're on a completely different subject, it's going to pop into your head. Yeah. But no, like, I remember that video. But it matched it's up weird. pretty well. That was just matching facial expressions in the game with the audio from the song. But he's gone so far as to hook up his webcam and actually have it capture his face and he's able to talk as his character. It's still in the shaky stages, but if this is what we're doing for private citizen use, it's only going to get worse from here. It's space oddity. Yeah, I should have known that. Um, but anyways, that kind of stuff where it seems really cool and it's like, oh, neat, I can really get into the game, has some unintended or maybe intended depending on you know what you feel about how game developers can be consequences to it it's not even game developers at this point it's you can literally do anything with video games at this point it's a foregone conclusion video games are going eventually in the way of vr entirely 
I mean, it's just, it's what we've all seen in the movies and everything like that. And I fully believe that our media, like, definitely showcases what we're going to shape ourselves into. It foreshadows everything. So, not only do the video games, but you have other things looped into that. Well, things like uh, FaceApp that's uh, tied into Facebook. No. Where we don't, we you don't. can take pictures of yourself and the program. It's They use it like, how would AI style my hair? But let's be honest. It's kind of creepy. It's the reason like I don't have a Snapchat. Yeah. I will not have a Snapchat. I've seen so many weird things about Snapchat. I downloaded it once because I wanted to see what the filters actually looked like. And watching it map... No. Yeah. No, I'm done. I deleted it and deleted the cache like from it. Like I will not have that on my phone again. Well, and the the weird thing is, is we're in an age where we're constantly worried about having our identity stolen through our credit cards and our bank accounts and things like that. With this kind of technology, we can truly have our identity stolen. Someone could take a picture of you and decide they like the way you look, and literally go into a plastic surgeon. And tell them I want this. They don't even that's, have to go so okay. far as a plastic so surgeon, that's though. That's like an extreme level of like the older technology. But this means that older pictures, they can literally change how they want to look. Like they can say, I want the cheeks from this person. And like morph it into that. Like those are weird. That's weird. I like that fucking movie Face Off with yeah, Nicolas Cage yes. and John Travolta. You know, everybody was like, oh, that's never going to happen. That, that can't be real. And okay, here. so maybe maybe it's not necessarily 100% capable that way. But because we're in uh. such a moving, such an age of technology and just an overabundance of technological uses, there's different things you could do. Like, imagine, okay, so you post a selfie on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Snapchat, whatever. Somebody grabs your face and then renders it so they can sound like you, look like you, and then they can go so far as to create a fake Facebook account, a fake Instagram account, a fake Twitter account, a fake whatever account. There's already things like that happening. Like, if you go through some of the ads on Instagram and stuff like that, like, I've been seeing posts from fitness models, different stuff like that, where they've noticed that their bodies are being, like, stolen and used on other things, and they did not give their consent. And at that point, it's a usage copyright, because, I mean, you automatically own your body. Likeness rights, yeah. Right. So... Well, you, you have to sue for that, but then you have to prove how they found it. Well, you have celebrities that their faces are being pasted on to porn stars. Deepfakes. Yeah, like the, the deepfake stuff. That's what's really scary. Like, is, poor Selena Gomez. Like, she yeah. didn't have a choice in that. Like, it was so realistic. Because they used a porn model. Like, the porn model didn't know she was being used for it either. Right. She didn't give her consent, and neither did Selena. She looked just enough like Selena Gomez. That when they laid the face over, you could not tell it was a deep fake, and it was terrifying. Well, it's it's using programs like Face Rig and and mm-hmm. stuff like that, where, and it's funny too because I'm looking at the Face Rig ra- website right now, and it says anyone with a webcam can digitally embody awesome characters. It is meant to be an open creation platform, so everybody can make their own characters, backgrounds, or props. I'm sorry, and they import the phrase, them into Face Rig. I'm sorry, they use the phrase meant to be. 
Yes. They knew automatically what this was going to get used for. They're not stupid. They had to use the phrase meant to be to avoid lawsuits at that point. Right. And then after that, it says fun and easy to use. Use face rig for your online chats. Record vlogs or transform your party into a fun freestyle impersonation show. Okay. So initially, this may be something fun. Like it could be really cool. They could have used it really fun. It could have been something like where they could have used like a VR chat type of thing. Yeah, but the road to hell is paved with good, good intentions. intentions. I mean, somebody was sitting in their their. Uh, it's a double-edged sword. Like we make one leap forward in technology, and we take five jumps straight backwards into fear because people are shitty. To say the least. <laughs> People are shitty. So they take all of these things, mimic things that they didn't give any, the, like the models and stuff didn't give any permission for. Like, it's... People are garbage. Yeah, society as a whole tends to want to use things or misuse things. Um, for their own benefit. But and then people on YouTube can't use 30 seconds of a fair use act without getting demonetized for ever. Right. But, God. you know, you go so far, as we were talking about the deepfake stuff, and one of them was they took a video recording of uh, President Obama, and they had someone who could imitate his voice and then made him say things that he never said, and it looked real it wasn't like like, i hate puppies and kittens yeah like something along that lines and it wasn't like your typical digital 3d rendering no this was photo realistic of it looked like an address yeah obama speaking so think about that whatever your impressions or thoughts politically are about the president current our current president in the u.s we can all agree we don't want nukes going off (laughs) right i mean he's already a wild card. He is a loose cannon when it comes to the things he says. So if you had someone that used this technology to mimic how his expressions and how he looks and can mimic his voice almost perfectly, you now have a weapon that you could use to start a war, to start trouble. You know, you could make things up as they because go along. Even, it wouldn't be so far out of the realm. For him to say stuff like that. We wouldn't bat an eye. Right. Imagine someone used that technology, put a mask on, a uh, digital mask or photorealistic mask of uh, Trump, and then went on a rant about anything. We would not question it at it's this point. It's dangerous. Even people who are for him could understand, like... How bad this could be. Yeah. You know, imagine if... You know, for those of you that are pro-Trump, if if someone did it and said, open borders, we're no longer worrying about immigrants, come on in. You guys would freak the hell out at hearing that. And you have to wonder now if everything you see is real or not. That's a crazy concept to think about. Imagine if we had this technology back when, like, JFK was shot. We could have literally posted like a face and we would have never known uh-huh. like it could have carried on and we would have never known he was this like there are things like you could change well, even further imagine if for some reason 
they stated that it's too dangerous for the presidential candidates to go out on the campaign trail and, and campaign anymore, to be in public. So imagine if it's everything done was done studio. digitally. Yeah, all done in a s- studio. We could literally have a fake president. We could have fake presidential candidates okay, that nobody ever saw Okay, we're starting to branch into the Illuminati. Person. Let's move on. No, it, it's true, though. No, These are things can... that we have to worry about in the future. I mean... And unfortunately, that future is right now. I mean, think about it. We're already concerned that our cell phones are constantly listening to us. Uh, It's been shown that the iPhone is always listening. And there are some scary things that people have noticed about the iPhone that it picks up before you pick up. So I noticed last night, I have an iPhone and I'm about to switch over to Android. So it's it's more of a cost thing than whatever. But... I noticed that my Siri wasn't working. So I went into the settings and I was just trying to like do some things like turn her off, turn it back on, trying to figure out like how it wasn't working. And I noticed something was turned on that I know 100% I did not turn on. What? Hey Siri. See? Oh, you, Siri turned itself back on. Yeah. I before I even had like reset Siri I did not turn on the hello device. Right. I'm trying to not get her to turn back on, but I did not turn that option on. I constantly have that turned off because I don't want her listening. I don't know how it turned itself back on because it was before I reset it. So I know 100% sure it's listening. Well, um, you wanted an Alexa, and then we started to realize that Alexa is... Oh, she was saying creepy stuff. Yeah. And, like, I've got an Android, and I don't have it set up to respond when I say, okay, Google. No. Like, I noticed, what was it, one night I was in, um, I was gaming, you were in there watching a movie, um, and nothing was said to wake her. And she started saying, like, no, I'm not dangerous. Yeah. What? Yeah, she, she reacted to something. I have no idea what it was. said close to her name. And we have the wake word, not as Echo or computer. Like, the wake word is Alexa. Yeah. We currently have her unplugged and tucked away because I have a feeling that she has a a power in her that she's still listening even when I unplug her. Right. And, well, the whole reason for this, the companies have said, is that, you know, we we collect data to make things easier for you. But they you. say they only collect, like, the 30-second snippet right before you say her wake word. I don't believe that. Not for a minute. It. There's no way. Think about it. How many times have you been talking with somebody and you've just had your cell phone sitting idle? You haven't been using it. You haven't been actively using it. And something that you've mentioned shows up in an ad on Google or on Facebook. What was the example we saw? Cat food. Yeah. There was a couple who did not own a cat, didn't own any animals. And they were saying, like, we should buy some cat food for the cat. You know, and every, like, 10, 15 minutes they would mention something about needing to get cat food. And they did it for 24 hours. The dude opens his Facebook and he starts scrolling and there's ads all over his Instagram, his Facebook, for cat food, cat toys, cat treats. They don't own a cat. He'd never search for cat stuff. Right. These create some serious privacy issues, and we need to be aware of this moving forward. We need to set boundaries. We need to start saying to these companies, no, enough is enough. We're not playing this game anymore. 
talking about the the face rig stuff um do you guys remember a while back on facebook the 10-year challenge oh god where it was you take a picture of yourself from 10 years ago now think about that with the oh facial God, reconstruction checking. stuff that they use like in criminal uh, investigations um that software and that that kind of programs are out there okay. for private use but here's the thing why don't they just ask us because they've been like the missing persons cases that i'll be covering like they need those to change like when they go missing as a child to when they're an adult like the aging like they they just asked some of us would like well think about it with the 10 year challenge you have a picture from 10 years ago and you have a picture from today someone could use that if they wanted to guess at how your face will change over the next 10 years you've shown how Angel it's changed spacing. so far yeah so that's a pretty scary prospect. I don't like a lot of these challenges that pop up online anyways because they're hurtful or they're stupid. The ones or... I've been seeing about the like I have a lot of moms that I went to like high school with and stuff like that. And I'm seeing them post like, you know, how many of you can say you have only one baby daddy or whatever and they're like, How old are you? How many kids do you have? And how old will you be in ten years and how old will your children be then? That's dangerous, and you think of it like as this isn't a bad thing. Like this is, you know, I'm 23 and I have two kids, and you know, in 10 years I'll be 33 and they'll be this old. You don't realize you're giving out your children's information, and they didn't ask for that. Well, it's not even so much just your children's information. You see those posts all the time. Hey, I'm bored on Facebook. Let's have some fun. What's, What's your middle name? Color? What's where? What street did you grow up on? Do you realize? That those are the same questions that are often asked security. for privacy and security. Yeah. So you're putting this information out there. And the worst part is, is most people do not think about their privacy settings. They no. set it and forget it. And the worst part is when Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or any of these things, when they update, they sometimes revert back to the... Yeah. Uh, default security settings Even so you like, constantly have to go in there and check and make sure that things weren't changed on you like even your content settings like twitter has a bad um a bad habit of changing whether you see top tweets first or recent i like mine to be most recent tweets first and every time it updates i notice it changes that even sometimes when it doesn't update it'll change it to top tweets and i'm like no I want, my, and then I go and look, and it's changed a bunch of my settings. Like, it's changed that it can send me notifications. It keeps asking, and like I said, never, don't ask me again, and it still will. Mm -hmm. Like something with the updates, their privacy updates as well. Like the actual privacy notice, they update that as well. With each update, there's like a little snippet for in this update of this is this and nobody reads their privacy statement nobody reads those uh especially the longest one you, the itunes yeah, privacy agreement. the end user like agreements nobody reads those nothing you know and we accept this for whatever reason you know facebook to me is as much as i'm on it is still a dangerous thing they there's no expectation of true privacy. All of your information is out there. Well, I mean, remember the profiles getting cloned? Yeah. 
like you had a it's friend recently yeah. that did that, and like I had to delete them because I couldn't tell anymore. Like, yeah, they were mimicking each person. It was like when he would share something, the fake profile would share that too. Mm-hmm. Like it was so, and I was like, mm, "Love you, buddy. Can't do it no more. I'm not gonna." And honestly, like I'm the first person to say, "Look, we don't pay for it." We kind of have to just roll with whatever they do. But when is enough enough? When is society itself going to say, you know what? I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not giving you access. I'm not relinquishing any privacy. Yes, Facebook is a great tool to be able to connect with long lost friends and family that is across the country or overseas. But at the same time, it's a very dangerous thing when you have scammers out there that are looking to steal your identity in any form that they can to mine information from other people. Okay, so at what point do you stop with the we have to stop? Because the problem is now that even, okay, we're like old people, we have a home phone still. And Mm -hmm. we very rarely can keep it plugged in because it will constantly ring. And people will get your phone numbers, which are very easily listed because you have to pay to keep them unlisted. And nobody wants to pay extra. Right. So, it's like, what, $5 extra a month to keep it unlisted, and even still you can find it online? I'd prefer it to be the other way. I'd rather have to pay to have it listed. But the problem is, like, they call the numbers, and if someone answers, like, you can't, you're a hostage in your own home at that point. Well, and they've also warned against um, certain phone calls where be very careful what you say and how much you say. Don't say yes. Yeah, don't say yes. Because they can change that, like, going back to the audio thing. They will snip at that and make it sound like you're agreeing to like sign over your bank account, like that type of thing. Right. You know, um, my mother at one point was doing online dating, and oh. there was a, a a scammer that this went on for months, mind you, um, we all was do. doing was like everything a, he could yeah. to try to seem like he wanted a relationship. But every so often, there were questions like, "Hey, I need two hundred dollars. Can you help?" No. And when she would say no, like, well, what about your kids? Could they loan it to you? Like, going so far as to try and ask someone, can your family members help? Can you get money from anyone else? He had a weird story anyway. He did. He lived here, but he was working here. All of his kids and his wife died. And, like, in some type of accident, like, you went looking for him and you found him. Mm -hmm. His real profile yeah, by the way, I am the scariest motherfucker on the face of the planet when it comes to anything. internet searches. I can find you. Not that I would ever use it for evil, but I can find almost anyone. It's just a weird little quirk that I have. I've, I've been on a computer since I was four years old. I know how to navigate the internet because I grew up on the internet. You grew up technically before the internet. I did. I, I remember the days before... Um, you know, we had internet in the house. And then, you know, as it progressed, I remember the days for hackers and, and whatnot of phone freaking, cloning phone numbers and stuff to be able to use pay phones for free. Wow, I remember that. You know, th- there's a lot of technology oh out there God. that makes our life easier. But we need to pay attention to how it's being utilized. We need to pay attention to these quote-unquote features and look to see how dangerous they can be. At what point does a feature become a setback? Pretty quickly, At unfortunately. At what point does your phone own you and you don't own your phone? Well, I mean, think about it, too. Um, we're moving forward 
to be an always online society. Mm-hmm. You see it on Which you see it with Facebook. We you see it with Facebook, you see it with all the social media sites. Your phone is always connected to the internet in some fashion, whether you're on Wi Fi or you're you're Unless on you your data plan. Turn off your data and but then your that Wi-Fi? makes your phone almost unusable it's when like, you're out in public. It's the same as like a yeah. flip phone from yeah. the, like the early 2000s. Well, even if you turn your data off, you have to turn it back on to be able to make a call. Yeah, because it's all hooked to the same thing. You know, and now you have uh, Xbox moving more to always online gaming, PlayStation, you know, Nintendo. They're all moving towards a setup where we're always online for gaming. We're always in the quote-unquote cloud. So, okay, I, I like that point of it to a degree. I understand how dangerous it can be, and we do have to take measures to, like, protect ourselves from that. But I do like that it's sort of like bringing the world together. Like, I've seen people that have would have no chance of knowing each other. I'm personally okay with us not being that together, but continue. I like that. I, I really do like that because I have friends who are all over the world. And, like, that helps to a degree. Well, I think, too, that might also end up being a generational gap thing. Because there is ten years between us. There is. Which, a decade is a long time. It is, especially with internet time. Yeah. I think. Because, I mean, our years are such that it's not too far apart, but it's the decade that it is that's apart. Like, that is an important decade. Yeah, I was born in the 80s. I was born in the 90s. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at internet technology and just technology in general, the large jump that it made in just those 10 years. Was huge. But at the same time, I think where I grew up were being so rurally set back. Mm-hmm. I also grew up where I remember where internet first came in. Like, it's almost like that 10 years didn't happen where I lived. Like, so we're very much, I'm very much still, I'm not a typical millennial. I do have my tendencies, but you do too, to a degree. So it's kind of weird spatially. Well, I mean, I was four to five years old when we first had a computer in the house. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was, I, I never remember which came first. They, they both existed in my house roughly at the same time, the Amiga and the Commodore 64. Okay. Um, I was, like I said, I was four years old when the first home computer came into our house. Um, my stepfather was the one that was the, the tech head. And he even had, for those of you that are older than me out there that have paid attention to technology, he even had one of the first home computers. It was called a PET, P-E-T. Um, and it, it was basically one of those keyboard and screen kind of together machines. Um, whereas when the Commodore came along, you had a detached keyboard that hooked up uh, with a cord. Um I remember having to put the phone in the cradle to be able to access the internet. Um, I remember when AOL became a thing and everybody was like, this is the best thing since sliced bread. And, you know, I guess in some ways it was, um, you know, because you, you had the chat rooms and you could browse different things and, and whatnot. But I remember that god-awful noise that the, the computer... Yeah. And the grinding and the... Oh. But... 
as technology has progressed, I don't believe our intelligence has progressed enough with it. Sorry, my brain tried to figure out what did that noise typically sound like, and it was like an electrified donkey. Here, here. Yeah. Screech. But we, we <laughs> as the users have a personal responsibility that I believe we are ignoring. We think these things are cool. We don't think it's that big of a deal. We think that, you know, everything's going to be fine. No. It's all happy and hunky-dory. I don't think so. I think what you're missing is I think a lot of people fear it and they push it out of their minds. Like, they try to push it down. Like, I can't think about that or I'm going to be in fear 24-7. Like, there's a reason. You should this, be. There's a reason this generation is riddled with anxiety and panic. Like, I think we literally push it down so far because we think, okay, we can't think about that. Or we're literally just going to be captured for the rest of our lives. We've got but to by have doing a semblance so, of living instead of panicking. By doing so, though, we have put ourselves in an even worse position. Think I about understand. it. You know, we have to have the new widget. We have to have the new gadget. You know, the iPhone X came out at $1,000 and people were losing their damn minds. I've got to get this. Even Why? You and I were talking Why are about... you going to spend $1,000 on a phone? Well, I don't even like spending the 70 that I sp- that was paid for mine. You didn't. I bought your phone. The point it's is, <laughs> still. No, like, I get it. But, like, even you and I were talking. We're, not, we're fallible to this as well. We were talking about, like, by my birthday... Going out and getting the new Google phone because we both would like to upgrade at some point. Yeah, the Pixel Three looks cool. It's the Pixel like Three A yeah. or something is the one that it's just like uh, three hundred bucks. It is. Um, if you trade in your phones, like if you have a certain amount of phone, like you can get it like for like one hundred and fifty. But it's, it's still not as bad as like the new iPhones being like twelve hundred dollars. But like we're fallible to this as well because we did want that new phone. But we don't do that all the time. No. that Not every generation no. when the new phone... Do you know... This is what trips me out. The iPhone X is just barely out of its release phase. It's, it's, it's barely been out for a, a year. year. And they're, they're already talking iPhone 11. Yeah. Why? Why? You see people doing this with cars, too. Like, I've got a 2019. Oh, well, the 2020 vehicles are coming out. Like, oh, man, i got to have that. I have a 6S Plus. Yeah. This phone is technically not that old. No. It still has the brand new technology to it. But this phone is slowing down and well, it's screwing up. And it's, it's by part, design. Yeah, it's what Apple, you know, showed that they were doing. And I've noticed, like, for a year, I didn't really have a big update to my phone software. In the past, like, six months, it's updated three times. I know very well they're slowing my phone down. There's nothing I can do because my phone will not work. If I do not update. Right. And you really can't turn off the updates. You can't turn off the automatic update. Mine aren't set to automatic, but it will irritate me constantly if I don't. And then my apps don't work. And then my phone doesn't work. And then my messages don't work. And I can't access the internet because everything is set to update a certain way. We see that with Windows and and games and stuff too. Okay, Windows can go screw itself with how it's been treating me. Because it's been literally every single day it's had a new update. I somehow got enrolled into the Microsoft beta. Do you remember when you first upgraded the Xbox into the beta every single day? There, Yeah. That's my Windows account right now. 
every day it's a three hour update and i just nope nope. and the worst part is too is when you stop to think about stuff like that with the updates and whatnot for some reason the isps are still acting like data and internet is a finite resource right like why do we have like our home internet has a data cap and we constantly blow through it which there's no way that two people even as technologically forward as we are should be blowing our data cap i know exactly what's happening i've seen it i used to work for an isp and i saw them push people over their cap i saw them send signals that ruined equipment on purpose to get them to have to pay for new equipment worked for that company the current ISP that I have right now is doing the same mm-hmm. thing. It's the only way that we could be going over the data cap. Nobody has our password. The password that was generated was strong, uh, extra strong, because I did it at random. There's no so, way that somebody could have hacked our system. Not only that, but we went in and we've seen the. there's a graph that shows our data usage, and it's days where we don't use as much where you and I have been gone all day and then we come home and we just watch TV. Mm-hmm. Like, we see the spikes. Like, we were home that day. Like, that's not possible. Nobody has our password. There is two, like everybody else has, like the 2.4 and then the 5 mm-hmm. gigahertz. And we have certain devices set up on each one. Right. So, like, phones we have set up on 5. Uh, the Xbox is set up on 5. The smart TV is on 4. Or the 2.4. Mm-hmm. And then the computers is on 2.4. Well, the, uh, my Xbox and the computer are hardwired. Right. So it doesn't really matter with them. Right. But, like, certain things, like, we have a um, Amazon stick as well. And the Amazon stick is set to the 2.4 because we only use it at night to watch Philo, which is... Yeah. <sighs> I love that service. I wish we'd discovered that years ago. When we move and we don't have to... Like, the problem is, is we're boxed into the ISP we have. We there It's only, like, a postage stamp area where it's the only one available and we happen to be right smack dab in the middle of that little box and they suck they do they're so rude and so mean i miss the isp that we had when we were living in kentucky oh this little rural isp had fiber optic having the best internet ever they had fiber optic lines the service was reliable we never had to worry about a data cap we We never went over uh, what we were paying for. We always got more than we were paying we for. We had 100 megabits is what we were paying for first when we moved. Okay, so when we moved down there, it was 100 megabits that we, we got as a service. We figured we'd upgrade if we ever needed to. Like, half a year later, they're like, guess what? Everybody's getting an upgrade. Everybody goes up to 300 that's on 100, and we didn't have to pay any extra. And we were like, oh, my God. We never could cap out and they didn't have a data cap no data cap right unlimited it was amazing well and now uh, we're moving into the quote-unquote 5g era which oh. is fifth generation of wi-fi now here's the thing the problem with the 5g here in america is there's no way we're ever going to have true 5g until all of the isps upgrade the infrastructure all right our infrastructure cannot handle true 5G. You have people that come to America on vacation and think that our internet is also like a vacation okay. because it's a very rural setup compared to what they have. To so, like China and Japan, like 5G is super fast and you know they don't have any problems whatsoever. 
So here's the thing I just discovered. I had to pick up my phone and tell you this because I just saw this the other day. And I wanted to tell you about it and I completely forgot because you were at work. They're advising that they probably will not install the 5G in America. They can't afford to. It's not that. It is exactly that. Whatever bullshit reason they're giving. They're giving scientific backup to show that 5G is extremely dangerous. No, it's not. Okay. This is what they're saying. Um, It shows low-level RFR exposure with a litany of health effects, including DNA single and double-strand breaks. They're saying that this is so highly... So what, Wi-Fi causes autism now? (laughs) No, they're literally Can I vaccinate for Wi-Fi? It's going to show disruption of cell metabolism. It'll lead to tissue degeneration and premature aging. They're saying it's cancerous. Literally, the breaking of single and double strand DNA is cancer. Yeah, you know what that is? We can't afford to do it the right way, and we know you're eventually going to catch on to that. Yeah. So, what they believe... Plus, two. once they upgrade the infrastructure to handle 5G... They can't do data caps. They can't do one. data caps, and there's no reason to charge as much as they are it's anymore. still not. It's not an infinite thing. It's something we make. It's not, like, finite. It's infinite. And like, you have all these ISPs that are offering, you know, wireless uh, uh, smart home services, you know? Each ISP has its own, like... Oh, yeah, I really uh, want someone Security to be- system, its, it's uh, own uh, temperature control system, its own, like, video monitoring system, things like that. Well, I can think of some like of these that. people that have stalkers, mm-hmm. and they're dangerous stalkers, and they hack into that, and, like, I'm going to set your home at 150 degrees, and then I'm going to lock all your doors, and mm-hmm. you can't unlock them. Like, that's terrifying. Well, and, too, you also have the, those that work for those companies, they have... Full access to the back end of your yeah, system. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. When we worked for that company, we had full access. And the encryption that they have on there is not that good. Oh, no. It was pretty bad. Like, it was easily hackable. Give a hacker a day and they can get into your system. Yeah. It's really not that hard. You know, and we're constantly worried about who's watching, who's listening. You know, if you set up your home to be a complete and total smart home, Who's watching your feed? Who can have access to it? Because you also realize that there are cell phone cloning uh, tools out there. So all you have to do is walk by someone that happens to have this cloning tool in their pocket or their backpack or whatnot. They now have access to your phone. We put everything on our phone. We have our banking information. We have our apps to control our smart devices, all of it there. So if they clone your phone, they clone everything that you have stored on it. That means... They can jump into your house and watch you at any point. They can clone your uh, banking information and have access to your bank account. It was also, I don't remember, I don't know if you'll remember this. It was on one of Shane's old videos. When we went through and watched all of his, like, really old conspiracy thing, do you remember there was a thing set up where you go to this website and you would watch through people's webcams? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Like, you could watch this woman was sitting in her house knitting. Mm-hmm. And you could just watch her knitting, watching TV. She was like an old lady watching her cats run around. She was just knitting all day. Well, think about it, too, for those of you that remember. Was chat. chat. roulette. Was chat. Omegle. I used Omegle. Both of those, service, both of those services had video. Uh, I never used the video. Video chat capabilities. 
Uh, chat roulette was one. Mm-hmm. It might as well have been called dick roulette. Because uh, you'd hit spin, and sure enough, there's some dude sitting there beating off on it camera. It was so creepy. But you can ha- have access to anyone's webcam at this point. That's why a lot of people that are technologically forward will put tape over the, the camera that comes embedded in your laptops now, in your monitors. I mean, you Again, don't... good intention. They tried. You don't have a choice anymore. No. You know, this stuff is already built in. Also, in that little webcam, a lot of people don't realize, which I don't know why they don't realize, it's a microphone. Mm-hmm. That's always listening. It is. You don't have a chance to turn that off. Like, even if you disable your webcam, it's still, quote unquote, technically live. Mm -hmm. So you can hack into it and turn it on. Um, And sometimes that little blue light that shows that your webcam is on won't always turn on. Right. So you don't know for sure if someone's watching or not, which is scary. It is. Because you don't know who's watching. I want all of you to go look into the things that we mentioned. Uh, look into Liarbird. Look into FaceApp. Look into Adobe Voco. Look into FaceRig. Look into all of these things that we've the mentioned. The webcam site. Yeah. Like not, I'm not talking like porn cams. I'm talking they were webcam sites where you could literally watch like, you could watch through traffic cams. I remember that one for one because it was kind of interesting to watch different traffic. Why was that interesting to me? But like watching an old lady like knitting in her living room like why now normally with the the episodes we will have more of an unbiased approach to certain things this is one that i just feel strongly about and i feel the need to warn about the dangers of and sometimes we'll have those where we are a little more opinionated because we feel so strongly like if there's certain things like there is cryptid episodes coming up like we both feel very strongly about certain things with cryptids one way or the other um UFOs, mm-hmm. as Henry Zabrowski hates them called. UFOs. Right. But ultimately, we want you guys to share your thoughts and comments with us. Um, we are always open to what you have to say. Yes. Trolls will not be tolerated. Nope. And form an opinion for yourself. Yes. We are here to provide the information. You do with it what you will. And discuss them with us. I want to thank you for joining us today. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, There are more to come. We're going to work on a a schedule and whatnot. I'm going to have to to go through and do minor editing here and there. Um, This one, I think we're going to be able to push out just as it is. There was no real editing that needed to be done, thankfully. Um, So thank you for joining us on the the Rabbit Hole podcast. Tell your friends. Share it with those that you feel would be like-minded individuals. (laughs) And join us again next time. Until then, keep watching, keep thinking, and be aware. We live in an age based on science and technology with formidable technological powers. And if we don't understand it, by we I mean the general public, if it's something that, oh, I'm not good at that, I don't know anything about it, then who is making all the decisions about science and technology that uh, are going to determine what kind of future our children live in? Just. Uh, some members of Congress, but there's no more than a handful of members of Congress with any background in science at all.